Welcome to the Black Hour Podcast, where I get to talk to amazing people who do amazing things. And today, I'm in House of Eight with Abadi Alzrani, the owner and founder of House of Eight Down Studios. Thanks for coming to your space. No, thanks for having me. Or I guess, technically, I'm having you here. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, when, I guess, we here in Nova Scotia did things the right way yeah. and we realized that things could open and go back to some sense of normalcy. How was that experience for you? Uh, it's been just evolving over time. It, it, does, it doesn't feel like we're completely back to normal yet, but at the same time, like, we are in many ways. Mm. Uh, capacity was just, like, slowly increasing over the past year, uh, which is great because we went from having well, being closed to having maximum 10 people and now maximum is whatever is comfortable in the space. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely helped a lot um, in terms of just like the community and people getting to dance if they want to. Um, finances are obviously a bit easier mm -hmm. with that. So no, it's been, it's been really great. Um, everything now is just a matter of like managing the vaccination process, uh, which was a bit of a you know challenge when everything was announced is how we're going to manage all that but so far things have been running pretty smoothly like everyone's been pretty good at abiding by the rules mm -hmm. and just you know doing what they need to do to keep the community safe yeah you know and first thing i noticed when i came in here is this space is actually big because you know you put yeah. all those beautiful videos on instagram and it's great watching yourself and some of the dancers and and uh, people that are coming here dance but like I came in here and it's like massive. It's it's that's everyone says that like when they just watch us online for a while and then come in for the first time they're like oh my god it's so big yeah. like it's it's definitely like a sizable room which you know we need the space for dancing and having mm. as many people as we can but yeah all the videos are very much filmed in this little area just to have like the you know the logo and just have everyone have a clear focal point. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more room than people expect. Right, right, right. Um, and now you said you can have probably as much capacity as you want in the space. Yeah. But like with the classes, what are some of the classes being run now? What are the classes? Yeah, some of the classes being run at the moment. Yeah, so we offer like over 100 classes a month. There's almost there's like a dozen different styles, give or take. So anything from like hip hop, heels, contemporary, jazz, funk, um, musical theater, K-pop, like there's a wide, a very wide variety of styles that we offer. And we, we'd like to introduce other styles into the mix now and then as well. Mm. Um, it really kind of just depends on who's, who are the teachers, who's in Halifax that wants to share their, their knowledge, their experience, their passion and our our offerings kind of is based on what, what's around us. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's levels all the way from beginner to advanced. So we have people that come here that have like never danced in their life. Like me. <laughs> but in the shower. Well, yes. Um, and, and yeah, and then there's people that are like professional dancers that like live and work as dancers here all the time that also mm. are here very regularly. So it's a very, very wide mix of people. 
You know, I was watching uh, a documentary. I can't remember the title now. Like, I've been watching too much TV recently. But what stood out for me is that how much work goes into preparing for, like, a competition? Like, these people dance hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, how do you maintain that type of discipline? Uh, it, it, it depends. Like, we're not a competition studio. Like, mm -hmm. we're primarily just drop-in or, or like, you know, recreational growth base for people that just want to train for themselves. Mm. Um, we do have performance programs for people that want to, you know, learn group numbers with other people to perform on a stage, but it's not in a competitive setting. Mm. Um, but a lot of us, especially the teachers here and the more experienced dancers have done competitive dancing mm. for a long time as well. Um, I used to teach competitive for like maybe three or four years. It's, it's definitely a more disciplined um, side of the dance world. Mm. I know, especially for like the teenagers that are in um, comp dances, they would literally dance five or six days a week for many hours. Like I knew some girls that were in their studio Saturdays and Sundays for nine hours straight. Yeah. Like I would go in, I would teach for like five hours and then the next, they, the same group would get handed off to like the next the next teacher and then they would just dance with them for the next few hours and it's they do that at least nine months of the year God, and then compete in various there's so many competitions in nova scotia and in mm. canada that happen almost every other weekend in the spring like yeah. spring early summer is, is usually when competitions are here mm. so it's it's a very different side of dance um do you ever get like time off they, they get time off. Like I find most comp dancers don't do, competitions aren't really happening in the summer. Mm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, they train all year. Uh, it's, it was, I think, a very useful and important side of dance. But I also think that there's, the reason that I'm, I don't really do competitive dancing anymore is because a lot of the times, as, you know, like, as I just mentioned, it's a very regimented, and dedicated side of dancing where for some people it takes the joy out of it mm. um, it's great i think discipline is important but we are kind of the studio that a lot of people go to to either supplement their competitive training or you know move on from it like people usually come here to dance for fun for themselves to just whether it's just like their little workout for the mm. day or you know, you can you grow in different ways when you train for yourself um, or to like perform on a stage in a non-competitive setting. Yeah. And it's a lot. Um, I find a lot of people, it, it takes a long time to get out of that mindset of like, oh, I'm training for the art of it and for the fun of it, not for the sake of a gold medal. Mm -hmm. And it takes a while for that to click mentally. But once it does, I think people rediscover their passion for dance in a different way. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what the community here has been like built around. And then the videos that you put online show that like almost every video is a fun, fun, fun experience for at least the people that are in those videos. Yeah, the, the videos are a really fun aspect of it. Like a lot of people, A, um, what you see on our Instagram and YouTube and all that is maybe 1% of the videos that get filmed here. Like we film some classes, like I would say three quarters of our classes get filmed. Wow. Um, we usually don't film the beginner classes just because we try to make that a space for people to just 
get comfortable in the space and dancing, but most of our intermediate and above get filmed. But we only share what we know people feel really strong about, and it's like a more, like a strong performance, cleaner performance. Mm. But generally speaking, most videos are being filmed for the sake of the dancer to watch themselves, watch their growth over time. Mm. Um, I tell people like it's not the videos aren't just for you to share on social media. That's in fact like the last mm. aspect of it. It's a way for you to watch yourself and be like, look at how I did a year ago versus how I am now. Like mm. there's so much growth that happens that people don't necessarily realize until they like watch an old video of themselves versus now. And it's actually like, you know, it's incredible seeing that growth in people here. Mm. Um, but yeah, what you see on Instagram is like the tiniest. Like we film, <laughs> honestly, we probably film like a hundred class videos a week mm. and we'll post like five. Yeah. So yeah, it's about that. Yeah. Although I do, I do, we are hoping to share some more bloopers and all that because there, there's, there are so many videos of people falling, right. people screaming, people messing up. And like, that's the fun of it. Cause like, those are like, in my opinion, the more entertaining videos to watch. Mm. Um, there are so many videos of me just being like, what just happened? Um, so yeah, what you see on social media, just like, not just in dance, but like in everything is always the polished. Mm you know, best angle of things. You mentioned growth and you talked about the different classes like uh, beginners, intermediate and and so for like in your experience since you've opened up the space, how long, if someone is dedicated, say, yeah. how long do they take to go through the different different levels? Uh, it, it honestly, it varies so much for people. Like there are people that grow a lot quicker than others. I don't think there's necessarily um, a pace mm. that everyone goes at. Um, there are people that like to train in like one style and really focus on to training in that style with that one teacher. Mm. Um, that person might become really strong in that, but then not as much in others, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's dancers that want to take everything, train in every style, any whatever, um, which gives them a bit more of a diverse, you know, vocabulary of movement. Mm. Um, and those I find maybe progress a little bit faster, but also no one's going to be amazing in every single style. Everyone t tends to like have their strengths and weaknesses. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think there is a length of time. That's a very complicated question to answer because I know people that started dancing and then moved up to taking intermediate and advanced classes very quickly. Okay. And some maybe they will stay in a beginner to beginner interlevel for a longer time because their focus is maybe I'm just here to for my cardio mm. or for my like mental release. So they're not as much focused on like, I'm here to like know my technique, know exactly, my vocabulary, because yeah. that's not what it's about. It's like, you know, everyone here has their own goals. You'll have a class of people that are, they're here just to like feel good, you know, mm. be sassy, whatever it is. And some are like, I need to train so that I can be on stage. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. So it's, yeah. You, you mentioned something that a friend actually told me uh, that they come to this space to, for their mental health, right? Yeah. And, um, in your experience with the people that are coming here, I mean, you know, they don't speak for you, but like in your experience, like, do you have dance or do you have things you do with dance that help your mental health? I think anything in dance is very much 
like a, um, helpful in mental health. That was probably the hardest part of COVID is realizing how much dance has meant to a lot of people. Um, this, for so many people that come here, but like any dance studio, usually dance is where a lot of your friends go. It's where you go to see your friends. It's where you go to get, you know, your endorphins running. It's your exercise. It's your social place. Like a lot of, a lot of people that have met in this studio have become best friends, have become roommates, mm. um, especially as an adult, like there's only so many ways you can meet a person mm. or like meet new friends um, as an adult, unless it's either through work or through whatever hobby you have on the go. Yeah. So this has become very much like a hub in that sense, which all kind of ties into mental health because having this outlet for whether you're doing a more emotional dance, um, there have been people cry here at least once a week. <laughs> There's always someone crying in a class because it was the song super emotional, yeah. was the dance, um, the story they were telling behind it very like, you know, that it touched them in a way that they weren't expecting to when they came into class. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important as just a way to connect with other people, but also like yourself. Mm. So like, I, I dance in the shower, whatever, um, and then I come into this space and like, okay, I want to begin, I guess, at the beginner's level. What happens from there moving forward? Uh, so there's two, there's two ways people generally get started here if they've never danced. Um, two of our main offerings for beginners are drop-in classes and courses. So the way I like to describe it is courses are, we do work on skill building, where you kind of train with the same teacher. Let's say you meet every week, 7 p.m. on a Tuesday, same teacher, same style, and you kind of progress and build your skills, mm. whether you're signing up for four weeks, six weeks, whatever that is. So those are the courses. Mm. Um, that's a really good way to kind of just build a foundation to work from as a dancer. Mm. Um, and then the drop-in classes go from, we say level one to four, so those go from beginner to advanced. Um, the difference there is it's less focused on just skill building and more so doing choreography which means it's usually just putting the moves that you learn in a course mm. together. You, you do work on basics and skill sets in the level one beginner classes, um, but because it's drop-in based, it's more casual. So the focus is just like learning a fun choreo and then that's it for the class, okay. um, which people love because it's flexible. You don't have to do the same class every week. Come, have fun, learn some moves, put it together, perform, and mm. you're good for the day. Or take the class after. How long do those ones last for? They're all usually an hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, those are probably what pe most people associate with the studio and what they come here for. Mm. Um, I always tell people do the drop-in classes. If you find like, oh, I'm kind of struggling with certain movements or I'm struggling with like progressing further than I want to, the courses are kind of the things that fill that gap okay. in like, helping build your skill sets. And uh, drop-ins like every, uh, what days of the week? Every day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Same time or different times? Uh, it depends on the class. Oh. Like we typically run our classes from 4.30 to like 10.30 p.m. Mm. Um, and then weekends it's like all day. Oh, okay. Um, we are hoping to add more daytime classes um, soon. We, we used to run daytime classes, but then we found during COVID attendance for daytimes just dropped. Mm. Um, that could just be because people like were staying home or 
weren't downtown as much, mm. but now people have been asking like, hey, would love to dance in the morning or like a noontime <laughs> moment. Yeah. So we might be bringing those back, but for now it's primarily evenings and weekends. Huh. And you know, I guess the people apart from yourself uh, that keep the community that you're building here together, the teachers, yeah. so they are super important. Do you have like a process of picking up the teachers, the instructors in the place? Uh, sort of, <laughs> like I, I, I could say it's a process. It's been becoming more of a process as we've you know, learned and grew over the past almost three years. Uh, generally speaking, um, personality and passion, I would say is probably our most important thing because how people connect with students and other teachers and other dancers is what people want mm -hmm. um, and feel good about themselves. Yeah. Um, but obviously having a strong foundation, having training, having experience, those are all kind of key aspects of what we look for in a teacher mm -hmm. here. Um, I find what ha what's been happening is someone would take classes at the studio, you know, make friends, people start noticing them, they're like, hey, this person's dope. <laughs> like I, um, and then if they ever express interest, like, hey, I'd like to teach someday, I'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll put you on our list of people that whenever we need like a substitute or something like that. Um, and that's normally how the teachers build a bit of a rapport here or like pretty much in most studios. Um, what often happens is like the community tells me who I should hire. <laughs> okay. People are like, hey, so blah, 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 subbed that class and I really liked it. Can, mm. can they teach more often? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and if a slot opens up for whatever reason, that's, yeah. yeah. So it's a process, but it's not necessarily like a strict hiring process. And how many teachers do you have now? Um, on a, there, so we have teachers that teach every week and there's teachers that teach once or twice a month. Okay. Overall, there's about a dozen teachers on a regular basis. And how often do you teach? Do you still teach? Yeah, I okay. teach. It depends on the week, anywhere between one to three times. Wow. <laughs> and, and then, so you, you found this beautiful space and you teach. Do you like, I guess, take part in any of the classes as like on yeah. the other side? Yeah, like I, it's, it's, it's funny because when I, one of the reasons I started this studio is because there wasn't really um, a space for, you know, experienced or beginner adult dancers like myself at the time that just wanted to dance on a casual basis. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I feel like dancing today, what, what advanced class is open for me or what intermediate or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then as the studio opened and as things progressed, I, there was a period where I was dancing the least I've ever danced yeah, <laughs> in a long time because I had to spend so much time just like running the place right. and like setting processes and setting up, you know, fixing problems, whatever it might be. Mm. Um, now I've kind of gotten to the point when I can take more classes again. Mm -hmm. I used to dance a ton and then I was like just teaching and not dancing as much and now I'm kind of at a point when I'm finding a bit more balance in being a teacher, being the business owner, manager, whatever, and also a student mm -hmm. as I take class because I think it's important for people to be students for their entire lives because there's always something you can learn from other people. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I try to do at least <laughs> three to four or five classes a week, okay. or like take them, but. 
Um, it's up and down. Yeah, your you know we mentioned social media earlier, and like the social media presence of House of Eight is amazing. But I'm not saying you have a process, but like um, how do you navigate social media? Uh, navigate in what in what sense? <laughs> navigate. <laughs> navigate is a loaded word. <laughs> okay, yeah, I I, I I put myself in asphalt, but like basically, how do you use social media for House of Eight? Uh, so social media has been like our Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, we didn't and still barely do much, um, you know, traditional marketing or advertising per se. Like a lot of our growth has been so far through social media and word of mouth. Um, video content has probably been our biggest thing, um, as you've probably seen. Um, we film, like I said, most of our classes do get filmed. Um, some of the more polished videos, we edit them here. So we have someone in-house that helps um, in editing and putting together the videos as well as like managing the social accounts. Uh, and then that's been like our biggest thing is pe oftentimes people like, people would share the videos or like send it to a friend. Yeah. Um, a lot of the students that come here. So we, we give access to the video files to any person that comes to class. Okay. So we have like a portal where if you came to class and with usually within one to two hours after class ends, the students can download the videos from that class. Oh. We just have a password for it. Right, right. So if you took a class tonight and we filmed a video, you can, and you want to see it, whether it's for yourself to practice or just to watch yourself, mm. or if you want to share it on social media, you can download it from our portal and then post it on your stuff if you want. Cool. That's been huge for us because a lot of people will see like, hey, he, you looked great or like whatever. Yeah. And where is this? Mm. So it's kind of this like chain reaction of people sharing videos and spreading it is, for us. Yeah, it's pretty much how I found it, how I found the space and it's been great since. Another thing that happened a lot before COVID was you had all this massive dancers all across the world coming here to dance like yeah. how did you i guess achieve that yeah so a lot of like i i've trained in different cities over the years just like dancing so i've met a lot of these teachers myself so i would just kind of reach out to them oh. people that i've met before some of them i've never met mm. but i follow them online because they're you know popular great teachers great dancers so a lot of the times I would just reach out mm. to them directly or their agent, depending on the person, be like, hey, you know, this is me, this is my studio, we'd love to have someone. Um, I think it's really great for people to train with people outside of our city and province just to get that exposure to yeah. someone that's, you know, different. Mm. Um, there is also the aspect of like, ooh, <laughs> it's true. They're, they're famous. Like, because yes, they are a great teacher, a great dancer, but also there is that aspect of like, there's a bit of a persona that comes mm. with it. And I think people really enjoy that. Um, we haven't had to do that. I haven't been able to do it much recently, just with, with COVID and, and everything. Also, yeah, like yeah. I would really like to do one soon, but even right now, like yes, traveling is allowed, but there's so much, you gotta pay for the, the tests and the extra layers of vaccinations and everything. Yeah, so. it's crazy. I found out that, you know, you can't just take your normal tests to no, the airport. You no, have to do a, a special one. <laughs> like organizing those, those workshops and stuff is already 
yeah. you know, quite quite the task and very expensive mm. before, and now it's like way more. Extra, yeah. Um, plus, as any small business owner during COVID, like we've had to accumulate quite a bit of debt mm. just to like survive. So right now we're just kind of focusing on paying off as much of the you know debt we've accumulated during the past year and a half to survive. Mm. And then hopefully once that's more managed, then... and hopefully at the same time, once that's more managed, traveling will be less mm. complicated. Yeah. So by then we'll be able to bring people in more often and it'll be less. Oh man, about he's always, he's always, he's always, always cool chat with you. And being in this space is even freaking awesome. Uh, and I have so many questions, but I really want to end with this one though. Things are normal, but we've come to some kind of it's okay type thing. Yeah. Uh, what are some, I mean, apart from like maybe having a workshop, or, but what are some things you're doing for Houses of Eight and there are some students that come into the space moving forward? Like um, things we're doing here? Yeah. Uh, I think probably the biggest change that we've, um, or like sort of new service that we've been doing is our performance programs. Um, so like I said, drop-in classes and our training tech courses were like our main focus for the first two years. Mm -hmm. um, we've been trying to do these performance programs in some shape or form for the past year and a half and COVID happened for the first time. So we couldn't run that show. And then the second time we couldn't do it at all. So we just ran like a digital showcase, which actually was super fun. We got to do a lot of these concept videos, filmed them all over Halifax. Um, so it was a digital show, a lot of people really enjoyed it and it was a great experience to have like fancy footage of mm. everyone dancing. But we actually have a show coming up um, next week. Oh wow. Um, so that'll be on stage. So a lot of the dancers that are in the programs will finally get to perform on a stage for the first time. In the space or where is it? Uh, Spats Theater. Oh wow, yeah. oh wow. So yeah, we're super excited for that. So because a lot of the times People that dance here maybe have danced for years and then stopped and started dancing again. Mm. And drop-in classes are very flexible and fun, but I found a lot of times people miss the aspect of performing on a stage, mm. especially if you used to dance competitively or whatever. It's like, oh, I miss the lights, all that stuff. Um, and now these programs kind of allow you to like experience that rush of performing mm. on stage without like the crazy competition side of things or like the crazy hours. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a thing and a, something we're doing a bit more of as time goes by. Mm. This will be our first time doing one in person next week and then hopefully do one, hopefully one or two years the goal. Does it have like a name or title, I guess? The show is, so it's called episode one, oh. pilot. Oh, we okay. I know. It's like we're, we're, we're making it a TV show. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, each one is going to be called Episode This. Nice. Mostly because, like, naming a show every time, like, that's a lot of naming. <laughs> so we're just going to call it Episode This. Right, 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 Say, right. Like, we all know what we're here for. We're not here for the name. <laughs> um, so, yeah, December 10. The tickets are on our website, houseofates.com, um, or, like, they're selling pretty well so far, and hopefully more people will start buying tickets soon, but yeah, we'll be on stage for the first time. Wow. Okay. And then if people are looking to perform that haven't maybe performed in a long time or just want to perform for the very first time, we restarted the programs probably mid to late January. 
Nice. So yeah, that's on top of the usual drop-in right, right, classes right. and courses. So there's lots, lots on the go. Man, Avadi, thank you so much for the beautiful space you've created. The studio is freaking huge. Thank you. <laughs> and um, thanks for coming to the blackout today. No, thanks for having me.